You are now listening to the Way to Go Youth Podcast with Pastor Jerome Baker. This podcast is an outreach of a place of refuge church located in Carrollton, Georgia, where the pastor is Bishop Barry Walker. Our vision is to help youth and young adults to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's word. Now, let's receive Pastor Baker with today's message. You are listening to The Way to Go. One way that Jesus would explain the kingdom of God in his day when he was here on earth is by speaking parables. Parables are simply short and relatable stories or short phrases that Jesus would teach to help his disciples picture what the kingdom of God is like. He would consider his audience, and in order for them to picture or grasp how God does things, he would speak to them by using parables. Parables are very popular in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. But it's very important that we understand that a parable will reveal two particular things, especially to people in our day and time. Parables will reveal, number one, truth. Somewhere in the short story or phrase, there's going to be truth. And it's going to be truth that lines up with God's word. Secondly, a parable will reveal understanding. Something in that short saying or story is something that the Lord wants his people to understand. Truth and understanding are revealed through parables. Of course, we could agree that a number of things are revealed through parables, but this morning, truth and understanding. Now, when we consider John 17, 17, Jesus said, thy word is truth. So when we listen or read a parable, it's going to be something biblical in that parable. It's going to be some truth based upon the the word. And let's look at how important truth is. Are y'all with me? Let's go to 1 Peter 2 and 22. I'm sorry, 2 and 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. And so now we're going to look at how important truth is when we consider my definitions. You with me? Peter writes, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word or the truth that you may grow thereby. So truth is important because it causes us or newborn babes specifically to grow. 
if I desire the truth or the word, I'm going to mature. I'm going to grow up. That's a reason that you should hate a lie, whether it comes from an artist, a music, entertainment, because a lie will not cause you to grow. But the truth will cause you to grow or mature as a babe in Christ. And I don't know about you, how many want the truth? I said, how many want the truth by a show of hands? Now, when you want the truth, you got to understand it may hurt your feelings. It may, as some of the old folks say, step on your, on your toes. But always keep in mind, truth will cause me to grow as a child of God. Secondly, we know, and I'm not going to go to it, but truth is important according to John 8.32, and it should especially be important to young people, is because truth will make us free. If we continue in truth, truth will make us free, prosperous, deliver us, or help us. We're talking about the salvation of God. Truth will deliver. It will protect us. It, it will prosper us. And it will de deliver us. Secondly, we need to understand that a, a proverb, not a proverb, but a parable will reveal understanding. Let's go to Proverbs 2 and 11. Proverbs 2 and 11. So while you're turning, what are the two things that we're going to get from a parable? Good. Let's go to Proverbs 2 and notice how important understanding is. Proverbs 2 and, under, and 11. And the writer says, discretion will preserve you. And here it is. Understanding will keep you. We need understanding so we can be protected. There are a lot of dangers in the world. There are a lot of things and people that want us to fall, that want to steal, kill, and destroy. So I need something to protect me. I need something divine that's going to keep me from being taken advantage of. And according to this verse, what is the remedy? Under understanding. Understanding will protect me. So no matter what comes on Netflix, no matter what comes on Hulu or Amazon, if I have understanding, I'll see it, but I'll know that ain't right. It may be popular when I hear it, but I know that ain't, that ain't right. See, the Bible talks about how in this world, you're you going to have two types of people, people that go down the broad way and people that go down the narrow way. And I wish I could protect you or your parents could protect you, but in this life, you're going to be on your own at times. And you have to make the proper decisions. And just because something is popular or feels good, that don't mean it's right. You have to have under understanding so you can be protected. So you don't end up in hell or messing up your life. 
A wonderful example will be this headline about a popular basketball player in his day, Dwight Howard. About a week ago, he was officiating a wedding here or over in Spain. He was marrying two women. And the headline says they were united in, in love. They were united in love. But see, I saw the headline, but I got understanding. That ain't, that ain't God's kind of love. Because love, the Bible says, is God. God is love, or his word is love. Real love is going to line up with the scripture. And so you're going to, again, you're going to see things, but it's important for you to have under understanding because I'm not responsible for other folks' choices. But I don't need to let what other folk do persuade me to do or agree with the same thing. How many can understand or see why we need truth and understanding by a show of hands? Yeah. You're going to see stuff on TikTok. But you need to be knowing that ain't right and just scroll up. Am I right about it? Let's go to Proverbs 3. Again, we're talking about truth and understanding. And so far, you have agreed with me that this is something that you want. Well, look at the result of having understanding in Proverbs 3 and 13. Look at what Solomon says. Happy is the man who finds wisdom, and the man or the person who gains what? Understanding. If you and I have God's understanding, we're going to be happy. I said, if you and I have God's understanding, we're going to be, we're going to be happy. And I like being happy. Even when I go through things internally and externally, God wants me to be happy, so it's important for me to make sure I get under understanding. And that's how powerful a proverb is. It's going to reveal something that's going to make me free. It's going to reveal something that's going to help me to grow because it's truth. But it's also going to give me some understanding. It's going to give me something that's going to protect me, and it's going to give me something to help me to be happy. And so in our verse of Mark 2 and 22, Jesus is teaching about or a parable. And this particular parable has three elements or three parts. And because God's word was important back then, it doesn't change. It's important today. So we need to be able to grasp what he's telling the MSW today from this parable. And so the parable has how many elements or parts? Three. Part number one or element number one is the new wine. He's telling his audience or speaking to them in a parable about the new wine. Wine back in the day, it was not like we see it is in our day. 
wine nowadays, you see it being used just as consumption, uh, to enjoy, to get drunk from, and so forth. But wine back in the day had a number of qualities that made it a valuable commodity. Wine was used as a sedative when a person had something going on in their body to ease certain pain. Wine was used for upset stomachs or certain sicknesses. Okay, Paul told Timothy to use a little wine for your stomach's sake. Wine was used uh, when it came to just a number of various things. It was used to trade. You see kings trading a whole bunch of wine because it had so many different uses in its day and time. But bottom line, the new wine, it was very, very valuable. And so when he was talking about the new wine to his audience, they understood that it was something that was very important. Since it's a parable, it reveals to us something that we need to see as value. The new wine represents the things of God. The new wine represents the things of God. You know, revelation, resurrection, things that Jesus preached in his day, righteousness. These were considered to be very valuable back then, and they're very valuable right now. Anything that pertains to God is, is valuable. And Jesus was letting them know in this parable, the new wine, it represents the kingdom of God. See, salvation is valuable. Jesus said it to one man, look, you must be born again. I still believe that being saved is valuable. I don't want to gain the whole world and lose my soul. I'm glad to be saved. I, I said, I'm glad to be saved. And not just saved, but I'm glad to have the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in a heavenly language. That's valuable to me when I consider the word. Praising God is valuable to me. When the Bible says that the joy of the Lord shall be your strength, that's some new wine. That's something I need to have. Giving God his tithe and offering, that's valuable to me. I need to make sure I give God what is his. You got to know the new wine. Anything that pertains to God is valuable. Am I right about it? Part two, he talks about the old wine skin the old wine skins in this parable are y'all still with me the old wine skins in the parable represented different types of people but before I deal with the type of people that represented old wine skins understand what a wine skin is and here we have a picture of an old wineskin. Wineskins were leather vessels. They were used to store wine. Oftentimes they would take an animal, sometimes or many times they preferred the hide of a goat. And they would take the leather or the skin and they would 
shape it into a vessel or what we would call a bottle. And they would put the wine in the wine skin to preserve it. When the wine went into the wine skin, it started out simply as unfermented. It was just the juice or the blood from the grape. But the longer the wine stayed in the wine skin, then the juice began to be fermented or became what we would consider alcoholic. Are y'all with me? It would become stronger. And so the wine skin was very, very important when it came to the changing or the process of the wine juice. And so here, one of the elements of the parable is the old wine skin. And that particular element represents a type of person. Specifically, an old wine skin represented religious folk in Jesus' day and time. See, when Jesus came in his day and time, he was teaching under the anointing and with authority. He was teaching with power. He was giving revelation. He was calling himself the resurrection. But it was the scribes and the Pharisees or the religious folk, when they heard his teaching, they did not receive it. They, they would hear what Jesus was teaching, but they would rather just keep coming to church and not changing. They would hear the word, but they wouldn't receive the word. They would reject the word. That's a religious person. That's a person that's traditional. They come to church. They bring their Bible. They come, but there's no change. They, they, they hear the word, but they leave the same way that they came. Those were the old wineskins. Those were the religious folk in his day. And, and let me go and bring it on home because there's nothing new under the sun. I used to think that religious folk was somebody that was just old that went to church all day life. But I found out you can have young folk that are religious. You, you can come to church every week. You can, you can hear good teaching, good preaching. But if you don't receive the word and you leave the same way that you came, you're not striving to put it into action, you are described as being like the old wineskins. You're just religious. You mean you come to church and, and you have been taught how to praise God, how to put your hands together, how to do a victory turn, how to leap for a little joy, how to clap those hands and make a joyful noise unto the Lord, but you still come to God's house and don't put into action what you have been taught. You are either not saved, dead, but especially you religious because you keep coming but you don't change you keep being taught how to think how to talk and how to act you amen it you take notes you take a screenshot but you don't change that's that old wine scheme 
Woo, now I ain't getting no help. I ain't getting no you right. But I know I'm telling the truth. One thing we don't want to be is religious. We, we don't just want to come to church just to come to church. We don't want to come to church and there's no change. There's no transformation. There's no newness. You're just old. Look at somebody say you don't want to be old. Yeah, you, you got to change. And that's who he was talking to in this parable. They were part of the audience in his day. So he's saying, look, you got the new wine, which is the kingdom of God or anointed teaching, preaching, the moving of God. But then you got old wineskins. You got religious folk in the audience. But then the third element is the new wineskins. Look at somebody say the new wineskins. Yeah, we got some old wineskins in the house. But we also got some, some new wineskins. The new wineskins represented the disciples. Yeah, when he was teaching in his audience in that day, he had disciples and he had scribes and Pharisees or religious folk. So he was talking to both types of people. And because the Lord's still talking, he's talking to those type people today. The disciples. You know, folks that are learning, folk that come to church, they hear the word, and, and it's just like a mirror. They look at themselves, and they see where they come up short, but they just don't leave the service and forget what they saw. Oh, no, they're trying to make the necessary adjustments to change. So they heard the teaching. They heard the rebuking. They heard the preaching about praise and worship. Now, because they real, they looking at themselves and, and, and where they were coming in being cute and barely clapping. Now they saying, you know what? That was for me. I'm a disciple. Let me start putting my hands together. And, and, and so because they are real, they may not be doing it on the level as somebody else. But now you're seeing them clapping that hand. Boy, I walked in the service today and I seen somebody praising the Lord that I ain't never seen praising the Lord. I said, oh, Lord, I'm getting happy off up in here. See, you got to be real. You got to be able to look at your life and see where you need to change and make the necessary changes. Real folk, genuine disciples continuing the word. That's who he was talking to. It's just like some of us. You try to do the word, but then you mess up. You try to do what the Lord is telling you to do, and then you fall short. But when you're real, you don't get stuck. When you're real and when you're really trying to please God or do what we sing, chase after him, you get up, you dust yourself off, and you take another step forward. You, you, you got in your spirit what Paul said, I have not attained, but I'm reaching forth and I'm pressing. I'm trying to get there, Lord. I messed up on Monday, but here I am again, Lord, trying it again. I messed up last night, but I ain't giving up on you and I ain't giving up on myself. With me and you, we can do this thing. Ain't talking to real folk. Because some folk think to be saved means you got to be perfect. 
I'm not a perfect father. I'm not a perfect preacher. I'm not a perfect man. But you can't say Baker ain't striving. You can't say that I'm not moving on. I'm not letting go of weight and sin. You can't say that about me. What about you? See, that means you're real. Do I got any real young folk in the house? If we look at your resume, we may see some typos, but, but, but you know you're not perfect. You're going to keep moving. Keep moving forward. That new wine skin. Woo! When you look at Jesus' disciples, he had folk that doubted him. He had folk that liked to fight. He had folk that was cussing. He had folk that were mama's boys. But they got their act together and kept moving that's all we can ask when you're real you just keep moving keep moving forward keep moving forward and I don't know where you at in life you can only beat yourself down for so long you gotta realize you're not perfect you're not flawless you did it repent learn from it and move on Woo, look at somebody say, if you did it, repent, learn from it, and move on. That's it. That's it. Don't, don't dodge it. Own it. Yeah, I did it. I did it. Yeah, but I ain't there no more. I'm one step further. I'm one step further than what I was. Since I did it. Because sometimes you can get discouraged so much. Or you can discourage yourself. To where you get in the flesh and just say, forget it. But no, don't do that. The Bible says, don't cast away your, your confidence. And so those are the three elements in the parable. Who can help me without having them up here? Element number one was the new wine. See, you can look at your notes. I just took it so you couldn't see it up here. Element number two, the old wineskins. And element number three, new wineskins. There you go. In my clothes, let's pull out the understanding and the truth from the parable. What do we need to take away from it? This small little verse where he's talking about the new wine and some wineskins. What are you saying to me this morning, Lord? What is the takeaway? I want to give you a couple, and then we're going to be done. Let's go back to our main verse. Y'all still with me? Mark 2.22. Jesus said, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine bursts the wineskins, and the wine is spilt, and the wineskins are ruined. Now, keeping in mind the elements of the parable, the first takeaway that I want you to grasp from this portion of the verse is your lifestyle matters. Your lifestyle matters. How you think, how you talk, 
and the decisions or choices that you make, it, it matters. When the Lord brings forth that new wine, we got to respond to it. Either you're going to be religious or you're just going to be real. Just don't hear it and don't do it. That's what religious folk do. They hear it, but there's no change. There's no adjustments. And everyone in here, if you are a disciple indeed, you must choose to continue in the word. And so when I look at this verse, one of the things that is revealed is that, look, what I do with this new wine or this, or this word, it matters. Every service, every message is something in there that can help me. Every message, what I do with it in my life, tell somebody, say, it matters. That's it. Y'all go to Mark 7, and I want, I want to bring this a little bit closer to home. Notice what Jesus thought of religious folk in his day, and he still has that same mindset. Because he does not change, right? All right. Mark 7 and 13. And look what, look what Jesus said. He was talking to religious folk in his day in 7 and 13. And he said, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down. You can make the word of God of no effect because you're just doing something out of tradition. You know, we go to church every Sunday. And you're not experiencing the power of God, all that word you get. If you don't put into action what you're hearing, you are making the word of God to no effect. You mean you got the opportunity to give God the praise so he can heal you, strengthen you, and help you, but, but, but you just let a praise service go by where you don't get involved? You're making the word of God to no, no effect. You mean you got a podcast available to you where you can listen to the word while you're at work, in the car, in your bed, doing chores, and you don't take advantage of that? You're making the word of God to no, no effect. But you got time to be on TikTok for two and three hours? No, we don't want to be religious, young folk. When we get that word, we need to be applying it to every area of our life. If not, you're just religious. You're deceiving Yourself. And the implication in the verse, notice the notes, is that the new wine is very valuable. Also, the wine skin is valuable. Yeah, you need both. Your life is important, is valuable. But I don't want, I don't want to waste my potential. I don't, I don't want to live my life and look back and have regret. What about you? I, I want to say, you know what, Lord? You got me in this position. I, I want to get out of it everything that I can. So let me just strive to do what it is that you're putting on the table. 
But how many of us can look in our life and see sometimes we wasting potential? Wasting potential, wasting time. But God giving you a good word, giving you strategy, giving you revelation. But how many of us don't value that? Just like them old wineskins. You know what's going to happen? It's going to burst and you're going to spill the wine. Now, the word is not going to return to God void. But what does that say about you when you waste something that's valuable what does that say about the individual that just wastes something that's that's valuable takeaway number two he ends the verse by saying but the new wine must be put into what new wine skin so when I hear the word I don't need to act like a sinner I need to remember who I am I'm saved. If in truth you are a Christian, right? So you got to take that word, take what God is putting on the table and be like a new wine skin. Look at, look at the verse closely. But new wine, what's that next word? But new wine is something that's mandatory. You know what is being revealed in this short sentence? When it comes to being a disciple, you got to upgrade. You got to upgrade. It's mandatory. A mandatory upgrade in your life is in order. All this fresh revelation, how God been pricking your heart and dealing with you, and it just go in one ear and out the other, or, or is not that valuable to you, you got to upgrade your lifestyle. You got to be to the point now that when it's, when it's being poured out like that wine skin, you got to soak it up. And you got to look in your life and say, man, I need to be doing this in a new way. Because I am in Christ. And we know Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? New, crea new creation. Old things have what? Behold, all things have become. So how you respond to problems need to be new. You've been taught. How you respond to depression, you need to respond in a new way. How you respond to sexual pressure. Don't go back to doing what you used to do. You've been taught. Do it or handle it in a new, new way. Upgrade. Upgrade. Say, I'm, you know what? I'm new. Let me just handle this the way I've been talk. I got to put this word in action. I got to put this new wine in a new wine skin. I'm the vessel. I'm the wine skin. I'm the vessel. I, I just got to put it into action. And you know what that says? That you changing for the better. And, and when you start doing this and upgrading your life and, and, and stepping your game up, so to speak, it's going to be noticeable. Over in the book of Acts, chapter number two, when the disciples had been, it was 120 of them, I believe, had been in the upper room praying that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Once they were filled, they came out of the upper room and went out into the streets of the community. 
their life was so upgraded or changed. When people looked at their life, they thought that they were drunk. They said, man, these folk drunk the way they coming out of here. Something doesn't happen. Something done changed in their life. Peter stood up and said, look, these men are not drunk as you would su suppose because it's still in the morning. He said, no, what's happening to them is what the prophet Joel had spoken. Bottom line, he said, look, these folk got some new wine. They, they're not drunk off of alcohol like you know. No, these folks' lives have been totally upgraded or changed for the better. And from that day forward, Peter and some of the other disciples, you didn't see them acting like they did when they were immature. They just upgraded. They started allowing the Holy Spirit to guide them into all truth as well as other things they were doing. But the bottom line I want you to understand is that when you and I really get that new wine in us and we change, it's going to be noticeable. How many, when you look at your life, you know you can do better and go higher in certain areas? Well, you know who it's up to? It's up to you. It's up to you. We ain't waiting on God. He waiting on, he waiting on us. So he's saying, look, new wine goes into new wine skins. When folk hear that word and they really my disciple, they're going to continue in that in that word. And when the Lord looks at some of our lives, matter of fact, when he looks at all of our lives, this is what is being required. It's time to level up. Look at somebody who said, you got to level up. Yeah, you got you to step it up. And whenever you begin to step up, when it comes to God, what you used to do ain't going to work on no new level. Old mindsets are not going to work. Old attitudes are not going not gonna to work. You just got to do what God has put on the table and watch him start changing your life for the better. Watch him start doing things or preserving your life or prospering your life. Just like he said what happened to the wine and the wineskin. One, one verse says both the wine, the new wine, and the wineskins are preserved. See, whenever we start putting into action what God has been dealing with us to do, your life is going to totally, totally change for the better. And so the question is, are you wasting the wine? But look at somebody and say, we learn. Don't waste the new wine. I'm going to stop right there. Let's give God a hand clap for the topic and for the teaching. Can we put our hands together a little bit?